You're listening to Dancing Around Elephants, a podcast that talks to dancers about the elephant in the room, dance injuries. I'm Danelle Dixon, a dancer turned physical therapist, and I currently work with dancers helping them get past their challenges to access the next level of their dance careers. I'm sitting down to talk with dancers about their journey, their injuries, and how they have successfully navigated past the elephant in the room. My goal is to change the way we approach injuries in the dance community, and it all starts with a conversation. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Danelle Dixon, Performance Plus Physical Therapy. This is Dancing Around Elephants. Guys, we are starting our second season. I'm so excited to be here. Um, we have had a wonderful first season. We've had the amazing opportunity to interview so many amazing artists. We had Miss Charlotte Lanning. We had Catherine Horrigan. We had the amazing effervescent Zara Bartels. We had Mr. Malik Washington, an amazing artist. And now we are here for part two, or I should say season two, um, and we are diving into even more personal discussions, even more in-detail, in-depth conversations with performing artists who have struggled through their personal injuries and have come out on top winning. Guys, the purpose of this podcast is to show you a way forward of how you can actually be successful with about the things and the challenges that the dance world does not talk about, which is injuries. But I don't want to just stop there. I want to be able to give you guys another window into starting to think of your artistry and your career differently. I really do feel very, very passionate about this. So in starting season two, it was clear to me in this present day and age that the dance world is long overdue for a revolution of thought. It's just clear to me that we are in a season of change. There's so much going on in the U.S. and in the world. There's so much that COVID-19 has changed for us in the way that we think, the way that the dance world has responded, the way that the medical world has responded, the way us as individuals have responded. And also that layered on top of the racial tensions that has happened in the U.S. and has sparked a lot of a spotlight of how we treat each other um, throughout the world, um, it is clear that we have some work to do, okay? Um, dance usually is a mirror for society, and there's a lot that we can learn by looking around at ourselves and seeing how we mirror society and how society also in turn mirrors us. So we have a lot of work to do. I'm going to be diving way more in season two into those ideas and those topics about how we can start really revolutionizing some of the ways that dance needs to improve and the ways that it needs to change in terms of how are we supporting each other? How are we including each other? What conversations are we having? Who are we having these conversations with? Um, these are all important conversations that I think needs to be had. But today, what we're going to talk about more is I want dancers, you guys that are listening to revolutionize yourself. Let's start with the way that you think. How do we see yourself as a dancer, specifically now that COVID-19 is here, 
and racial injustices here, how are you changing the way that you view yourself? And I'm going to speak to my lens, which of course is a medical world, um, and how it intersects with the dance world. And I want to talk about the concept of dancers as performing athletes, something that is a relatively new concept and that many dancers, when they hear athlete, they cringe a little bit. They think, oh my God, I'm not an athlete. This is not something that is me. I'm an artist. It's all about, you know, we talk about the brute strength and, and the connotations of someone that's very cumbersome and, and all of the crazy things that we think about athletes and we think it does not apply to us. Well, I'm here to revolutionize your thoughts about why you should be called a performing athlete and also why you should start thinking of yourself, referring to yourself and having conversations with other professionals about your athleticism. So when we use the term performing athletes, um, it is really a term that's really unique to dancers. And let me tell you why I'm a big fan of using this term. When we say performing, we're really giving a nod to the things that is necessary to create a good dancer in terms of musicality, expression, creativity, all of those things are very important in terms of creating an amazing dancer. However, the physical component that is necessary to do dance cannot be ignored. And that's where the athlete term comes in. Okay. What we do as dancers requires a certain amount of physical skill. It requires a certain amount of athleticism. And we cannot ignore that component because those two work together in concert to produce what we see as dancers. Your body as a dancer is your canvas. It is your instrument. And placing it in different shapes, different lines and forms, this is how we achieve the ability to convey our emotions to demonstrate pain and sorrow and joy and to tell our stories and to tell the stories of the world around us. This is the instrument that we use to mirror the world. So it is very important for us to pay attention to that instrument because without it, we do not have dance. Okay. Now, when we look at the culture of dance in the dance world, we've really seen that there's been very long perpetuated notions that any sort of exercise training that is not directly related to dance would unfavorably change the way that dancers look, their aesthetic appearance, how they're able to perform. And science has decidedly disproven that a long time ago. So there was really much this concept, and it still really prevails today, where dance teachers and dance choreographers and those in the dance world would say the only way to dance better is to dance more. So it was very frowned upon for us to look at using different tools and techniques and science to really augment our artistry and our craft by improving our physicality. Science, guys, has long, long disproven that fact. And it is time for us to really start embracing the concept of the other side of our performance aspect, which is our physicality, and finding smart and amazing ways for you to actually augment that um, to perfect it and also to demand the support that is necessary to be successful in a career that demands such intense physicality and athleticism. So in terms of really using this word, guys, this word athlete, performing athlete, 
Words really have meaning. They're assigned value based on their context. They're assigned value based on the connotation. And it really starts giving the designation of a certain amount of skill and importance when you use that term athlete. So we have to find better ways to communicate with people that are around us to understand, for them to better understand what we do and why we need a certain amount of attention, what kind of attention that we need, and how we need support to have better careers. This is essential, guys. So when you're talking to a medical professional, when you're talking to a dance teacher, you cannot leave out the, the, the concept that your body actually fuels this endeavor. Your body is responsible for producing the movement so that we can we can portray something that is sad. We can portray a story. We can tell a story about pain or loss or joy. Um, this is important. So we have to use the right words in the right context to make sure that the people around us understand the physicality of what we are doing and how we actually perform this. Okay. Historically, guys, dancers really have been one of the least supported groups in the performing arts world, okay? And also that coincides with the same lack of support in the medical world. Um, dance medicine is now on the uptake and it's getting a lot more attention, but we still have so much more work to do to make sure that dancers are getting the support, the attention that they need in the right way and delivered in the right way that is meaningful to them and that allows them to not only enjoy, but also to thrive in their sport and to make sure that they have longevity in their careers. It's really, really important for us to really start looking at the totality of the picture and how using one little word can change really the intentions of the people that support you, okay? So I encourage you guys to really... Start your thoughts here. Let's let it trickle into the way that you approach your art and the way that you ask for support, okay? This changes the way that people see you. It changes um, your ability to demand um, respect for your athletic performance. And it also allows the world to open doors for you to succeed. So guys, I really, really encourage you guys to... Start thinking about this terminology and how it applies to you, how it applies to the way that you practice, how that it applies to the things that you ask for in terms of support for your body. Are you able to ask for time off? Are you able to ask for an accommodation? Are you able to ask for medical support when you actually need it? And are you not just running your art, your, your, your your canvas, your instrument into the ground so that you're not able to perform at 100% of your artistry. These concepts are so important, guys. Let's use the right tools, use the right words to give power to the things that we are asking of the people that we perform for. Because it is a community and it is a relationship, right? So when we see that when audiences come to see us, it's not enough for them to look at us and say, wow, you know, Sarah was amazing. And did you see the thing that she did? And then they leave the theater and then it's over and they don't have an appreciation for the blood, sweat and tears that you have put into being able to artistically 
and concisely and athletically produce the movement that they are enjoying on the stage. That has to change, guys. They need to understand more of what we do. And the only way for them to start understanding us is for them to start thinking differently about us and for us to convey more how athletic our sport and our skill is. I want to talk a bit more about how using the term athlete in the dance world can actually connect to your career as a dancer and health concerns specifically and how it leads to injuries and also affects the longevity of your career. Okay. So guys, when we don't acknowledge that what dancers are doing as a sport, we start tending to ignore the things that actually matter. Okay. And the things that matter when we're talking about athletes in terms of a sport are all of the, all of the big ticket items that affect our craft, affect our ability to perform and to show off. I'm going to talk about a couple of them. Okay. So things that we need to consider is nutrition, um, caloric intake. How are we sleeping? How is our mental health? Of course, what is our injury incidence? All of those things combined together across the board is going to really start shaping how athletes are able to perform, how they're able to show up, and how much longevity they have in their careers. So let's look a little bit at um, ballet dancers, okay? In the classical ballet world, it is well known that there is a certain body weight target, and that predisposes those female athletes to a host and a variety of different issues that may not occur in other sports. So for example, there is a prevalence sometimes of disordered eating. There's issues with amenorrhea, which is the absence of a period. There are issues with osteoporosis, which is the density of the bones. All of these things can start predisposing these athletes to higher risk for injuries. Okay? When we start talking about rigorous training schedules. How often are you rehearsing? How often are you performing? Are you touring at all times? How many shows that you're doing? Um, we need to actually talk about sleep also. Sleep is very important. And when you have a deficit in your sleep or you have disordered sleeping or not enough sleeping, that can start affecting the body in so many different ways. It affects your hormones. It affects your hormones that affect not only your menstrual cycle, um, it affects your hunger, it affects your attention, your ability to perform precise motions. All of these things start adding up um, to even produce, again, a higher risk for injuries. And then, guys, specifically when we talk about the idea of mental health, specifically at this time, as we're dealing with COVID, a lot of performing artists are home they're not actively performing. They're not actively dancing. And when we start talking about the racial tensions that's happening, we need to start talking more about mental health stressors. How are we dealing with these mental health stressors? Do we have adequate tools and resources to navigate difficult situations, to have difficult conversations, to problem solve and to do conflict resolution that's going to happen not only in our wider society, but within the dance studio? How are we dealing with all of these things? All of these things that I've outlined right now, guys, are all things that athletes have very clear structured protocols and a paradigm to address 
it, if it hasn't been addressed, it's in the process of being addressed. But athletes have clear tools and resources to address all of these major things and dancers historically have not. So when you start again using the word athlete or performing athlete, understand that you are now starting to apply a paradigm that applies to athletes in terms of the resources they get, the support that they get, and also the success that they're able to achieve because they have these support systems. These are the things that you're now transferring into your world, into your dance world that allows you to be successful. Okay, everyone. So to finally wrap up this conversation, I have an ask. I want you to start revolutionizing what you ask for. Okay. I encourage you to sit down and think about the ways that your dance experience can be made better and start asking for that today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, right now, today. Okay. We are in a season of change. It is time for you to take advantage of that and move yourself and the dance world forward. It is in your interest. It is in your power to do so. So start looking around, guys. Talk to your colleagues. Talk to your teachers. Talk to your choreographers. And start looking around and comparing the dance world or your dance world with the sports world. And start asking them for the things that are expected in the sports world. And superimpose that on the dance world in terms of equipment, in terms of tools, in terms of trainings, in terms of resources. Start comparing those twos and start checking off the boxes in which your dance experience can be better. Okay? Here's a pro tip. Do not accept finances as a final answer. Oh, well, we can't afford it. Guys, we're in 2020. There are more than enough tools out there and access out there in 2020 that allows you to reach professionals, including healthcare professionals like myself, at all levels around the world. Okay? So do not accept finances as a final answer. Lean in, push through, and figure out a solution that gets you to the goal that you need. I'm asking each and every one of you that is listening to this episode today to really be a little bit more daring and start creating a revolution yourself in your circles, in your dance school, in your dance company, in your dance community. I think this is so important. Okay. So that wraps up my talk today. Um, stay tuned. We are going to be diving into some amazing interviews that are coming up with some amazing performing athletes who have walked through walk and talk the talk and they are now here and ready to share their experiences with you. So I ask you to stay tuned, tell someone about this, share this podcast out. Guys, we need to be talking about this so much more. So I really encourage you to spread the word and start really revolutionizing the way that you think about your dance, the way that you think about your sports and showing up in a way that's really going to leave a legacy that's very different for the ones coming behind you. This is Danelle Dixon, and I'll talk to you soon. Do you have comments, questions, or want to share your unique experience? Check the episode clip notes to shoot me a message. We want to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've learned some new things and mostly connected with the process and experiences of these amazing dancers. See you next time.